So we're reading Luke 15. And we're finding these words in verses 22 through 24. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. So I stopped at verse 24. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. So he goes from death to life, from lost to found, from not being happy and in solitude all by himself, to being joyful and merry in the company of others. He was dead in Adam, by whom all died. He was dead by virtue of the law killing him, being under a sentence of condemnation and death. This is John Gill. And he was dead in trespasses and sins. You see what he's doing? He's just kind of doing a biblical theology of death in Adam and in ourselves, which is a spiritual or moral death, death in trespasses and sins, in which all mankind by nature are, and which lies in a separation from God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in an alienation from the life of God, in a deformation of the image of God, in a loss of original righteousness, in the darkness of the understanding, in the inordinateness of the affections, in the pollution of the mind and conscience, in stubbornness in the stubbornness of the will and in, in, and, in, and in an impotency to that which is spiritually good and in the privation of spiritual sense and motion. This had been the case, but now it was otherwise. He was dead. Well, was dead and is alive again. So a principle of life was infused into him. A divine image was instamped upon his soul. I'm quoting here. The understanding was enlightened. You see what he's doing? He's just using scriptural analogies, right? The affections were set upon them. The will was subjected to God, to his will and law and to Christ and his righteousness and the way of salvation by him and to his commands and ordinances. And principles of grace and holiness were wrought in him and is alive again. To do as well as to will, a spiritual sense of things were given him. And he came to be so, not of himself, and is alive again, and he came not to be so, and he came to be so, not of himself, nor by any creature, for no man can quicken himself, nor can any creature do it for him. It was entirely owing to the power and grace of God. Thank you, Mr. Gill. And is alive again. So if you've been born again, all that stuff transpired uh, in your, con- in your uh, experience. Now, whether or not you could describe and define it all, obviously, you couldn't, right? But you grow, you 
read the Bible, you have it preached to you, you sing good hymns, and you fill in the gaps of your ignorance. And lo and behold, you realize that you were dead. And if I'm alive again, as Mr. Gill says, it was entirely owing to the power and grace of your pastor. That sure is anticlimactic, isn't it? Of your church. No, it was entirely owing to the power and grace of God. He's right. He was lost and is found, the Father says. He was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. There is, I think, Mr. Gill again. Watch what he does. Lost in Adam and in himself. In Adam all die. So that he knew not where he was while in the far country, nor what a condition he was in, nor help himself, nor could any other creature, though not irretrievably and irrecoverably lost. Let me read that again. He was lost and is found, lost in Adam and in himself, so that he knew not where he was while in the far country, nor what a condition he was in, nor help himself, nor could any other creature, so he's lost, though not irretrievably and irrecoverably lost. Now, that is important, right? How lost is he? Not irretrievably lost, not irrecoverably lost, not so lost as he can't be found. How do we know that? Because he was found. And it wasn't a creature, a mere creature that found him. It was God in Christ that found him and, and, and made him clean. He was found by this certain man, which I think signifies our Lord. He was called... By the Spirit, he was lost and he is found. He didn't find himself, right? He was found by another. The power and the grace of God. And then it says, and they began to be merry. This theme is in the other parts of the uh, parable. You remember? The... Pharisees and scribes weren't very merry, were they? Weren't very cheerful. They weren't very happy. How do you think they felt with all the irony in this part of the story of the son? The father actually running in public, kissing, uh, falling on the neck of the stubborn, stiff-necked son, and weeping and compassion and love and restoration. How do you think the Pharisees and scribes, do you think they're going, wow, we're getting gospelized here. We're getting a good, we're getting a lesson in, in gospel mechanics 101. This is great, Jesus. Thank you. Or do you think they're probably getting furious? You know, believers hear this story and go, yes, thank you, Lord. But stubborn, proud, arrogant, religious people who need don't think they need repentance. This doesn't make them merry. This makes them ticked. Can I use that word? I just did. Mad, as we'll see, um, God willing, next week when we look at the 
other son. There are two lost sons here. One gets saved and the other one stays lost. And they began to be merry. Methinks, I can hear Mr. Spurgeon say, the brothers and sisters rejoiced around this last son on the first Lord's Day uh, of the month. Back in the first century, he was saved, and then he went to church and sat with all the brethren, even some Gentiles who owned pigs. And they rejoiced in Christ together, and they feasted on him together, and they were all merry. Well, may the Lord bless his word. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the genius of Jesus using these word pictures to illustrate himself as the one who came to seek and to save uh, tax collectors and sinners from all over the place. We ask that you would bless your word to the well-being of our souls And for those of us that are partaking of the supper, that you would bless that to the strengthening of our souls as well. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.